Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT Podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is The New Tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Where's my 16-inch MacBook Pro and new AirPods? So, who says Bitcoin is unhackable? Not the U.S. government or the hacker group Darkside. Huawei is launching its own blockchain service. Would you trust it? No. Women, just a word of advice. Stop taking nude and sexual act photos of yourself with your phone, thinking no one will see them. How many times does this need to happen? Sheesh. Hey, think those expensive, totally secure specialty phones are safe? Think again. Anam was compromised from the beginning. Just do it yourself. Are you getting your news from Fox, MSNBC? CNN and the like? Well, do yourself a favor and stop. You'll thank me later. Thank you. Well, Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, WWDC, has come and gone, with none of the rumored hardware being announced. This is actually fitting because the conference is supposed to be all about software, not hardware. To sum up, very minor updates to iOS, iPadOS, macOS, tvOS, and watchOS this year, with just a few features added to each. No redesigned AirPods or 16-inch MacBook Pro replacement was announced to the chagrin of many tech sites. Personally, I was hoping for a HomePod MIDI, a larger version of the HomePod Mini with more drivers and Dolby Atmos capability, but of course, this is just a pipe dream I have that will drive me into the Sonos ecosystem. More on that later. 
Apple did have a 20-second blurb about being able to connect HomePod Minis to your Apple TV, something I've been doing myself since getting the Minis back in December. I don't know what they meant by that. Maybe the Minis can now be the default speakers? So, the following is just a rundown of what I felt was interesting from the WWDC. In this particular virtual event, which will most likely be the last one of the pandemic for Apple, the audience was made up of Memojis, who overall showed more enthusiasm than the live audience at Google I.O. <laughs> Production values were at their highest since the pandemic spawned the need for these types of events. Old Tim came out on stage and voiced the company's commitment to the underrepresented. This commitment was described as classes and such for people of color, LGBTQ+, whatever people. Well, I'm an old fart, and I feel like I'm underrepresented. Where is my invitation? What? <laughs> FaceTime receives some upgrades in iOS 15, spatial audio, and voice isolation, which work well in the demo, anyway. It's like applying a plug-in to cut out noise in real time. It has a new grid view, a la zoom, and portrait mode, which will blur, blur out the background, were also shown. Still no interchangeable backgrounds. I guess we will never see them on FaceTime. <coughs> Finally, the most important upgrade to FaceTime, in my opinion, is you can send invites and schedule FaceTime meetings, which can be attended by Windows and Android users over a web browser. You can also screen share and share music and movies in real time via FaceTime. This would have been handy during the height of the lockdowns when my daughter and I would watch movies together and text our comments to each other. Well, at least this feature will be available for the next pandemic. This is something old Nokia envisioned many years ago. Yeah, all in all, pretty good features. I wish Apple would bring FaceTime to Apple TV... I guess you could use AirPlay to put the movie on the big screen of your television. iMessage adds collage views of photos and for later tabs, which seem to be Facebook-type features, which have no appeal to me. The social media types will probably love these new capabilities. iMessage seems to be slowly becoming its own social media platform. I don't know if that's a good thing. Anyhow, notifications will now be grouped into a summary widget. Well, I don't receive that many no notifications, so again, this is not aimed at me. Do not disturb mode is now displayed as a status in messages and across all Apple devices you have. You now also have a focus mode, which lets you decide who and what you get messages and notifications from. Again, across all Apple devices. These two features are pretty useful, and if people actually read your messages, uh, they'd see that you were in Do Not Disturb, and the focus mode will let you concentrate on things instead of being interrupted by things like uh, sales at your local Walmart and stuff. You know, I think these two are pretty good additions to the iMessage platform. The new live text feature lets you copy and paste text from photos and Many other things too complicated to explain here, but it sure looks cool. Spotlight now lets you find contacts and photos on your iOS device. The Apple Photos app borrows heavily from Google Photos as far as this new redesign goes. Apple Music now lets you add music tracks to your photos. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why either. Apple Wallet is getting ready for the new digital society of the Great Reset by laying the groundwork for digital passports and the digital dollar. 
For now, you can add your driver's license to your Apple wallet along with digital keys for your car, hotel, or home. Eh, no thank you. The iOS weather app has a new design which brings it closer to Dark Sky, the great app Apple bought a while back. It still doesn't incorporate a lot of the beloved features of Dark Sky, like pinpoint precipitation alerts. I thought by now Dark Sky would have been absorbed into the iOS weather app. I guess that's why nobody pays me to think. <laughs> Apple Maps continue to improve with better graphics and improved walking directions. Unfortunately, CarPlay didn't get much attention. It normally doesn't. Well, now Siri will be able to read your messages to you automatically and will have more choices of wallpapers. <sighs> yeah, exciting stuff. The new fancy map views won't be coming until late in the year for CarPlay's display. AirPods are getting a feature called Conversation Boost. What this feature does is will boost the voice of uh, somebody standing directly in front of you. That's a feature obviously directed at old, decrepit farts like me. Like CarPlay, Siri will automatically read back texts and notifications to you and let you reply. I got the feeling that Apple would like you to always be wearing your AirPods. Oh, and AirPods will be able to be tracked using the Find My app now, which will save a lot of people some money because they'll be able to find their misplaced AirPods. M1-based M1 Macs, along with tvOS, will be getting spatial audio too. That was the theme through this whole thing was spatial audio iPad OS finally allows root widgets to be installed on the home screen just like on the iPhone. Good, I guess. A new and pretty cool multitasking control and app viewer was introduced along with a new notes app, which is more word processor-like than ever and adds a really cool quick notes feature. You can also code applications on the iPad using Swift. This is a big deal. I mean, why buy a MacBook Air when you can do everything on an iPad Air, which is much more portable than MacBook? Well, the MacBook Air would still be cheaper to purchase than the iPad Air with Magic Keyboard. Next up was iCloud Plus. Paid iCloud, I mean, I should say current paid iCloud accounts are going to be upgraded to this automatically, but to receive the most benefits from iCloud Plus, you'll have to be a subscriber to the 2 terabyte storage tier. You'll be getting what is virtually, and that's pun intended, a VPN when using iCloud and have up to five HomeKit-enabled video devices if you have the two terabyte tier, that is, that won't count against your data storage. All tiers below that two terabyte are limited to one HomeKit video device. If you forget your iCloud account password, you can now designate two people you can call who will get a passcode to give you when you need to recover your account. Now, that's a great idea. Also, you can now designate a legacy contact who will have access to your account upon your death. Kind of creepy, but again, a solid idea. Siri now runs all transactions on phone for better privacy, but probably dimmer responses. I hardly ever use Siri. I'll use Siri in conjunction with CarPlay only because I, well, I have to. You will be able to share your health data easier now, part of the great reset, I guess. And more exercises have been added to the Apple Watch, but still no kettlebells. I guess they're not hip enough for California types to be included. The Sleep app has copied more features from Aura and other apps, but still isn't as good as any of them. 
Oh, another thing. No home OS was announced or hinted at, despite the rumors from the tech press. Finally, Mac OS Monterey was introduced with new wallpapers. The biggest deal here was the ability to use another Mac or an iPad as a second screen. They showed an item being transferred from an iPad to a MacBook Pro to an iMac. A lot of other things introduced look really great in demos, and I certainly haven't covered everything, just the stuff I find useful or I think is cool. No earth-shattering announcements this year, just minor stuff, and hopefully under-the-hood improvements. Leaks of a redesigned iPad Mini are floating around the internet today, thanks to renders commissioned by the YouTube channel Front Page Tech. The renders look like a mini iPad Air, which means no home button. I rocked the old school mini back in what I and others like to refer to as the day, starting with the non-high-res screen version until the third generation. It was handy, but back then it really behaved just like an oversized iPhone. I'll be sticking with my 10.9-inch Air with Magic Keyboard for the foreseeable future. If the regular iPad would get a design like this, sales would explode, but they would probably cannibalize the air sales. Well, that was it for the uh, tech news this week. I looked for other interesting non-Apple non tech news, but couldn't really find any. I guess no manufacturer wants to be overshadowed by an Apple event. Well, maybe next week I'll have better luck. Tech I'm using... Well, this is more like tech I'll be using soon. I've just ordered a pair of IKEA, what? yeah, hear me out, Symphonisk Wi-Fi speakers. Why would I do something like that, you might ask? Well, they're designed and produced in partnership with Sonos and are the cheapest entry point into the Sonos ecosystem. If you don't already know, Sonos pioneered Wi-Fi speakers, which can stream just about any music service throughout the house, or wherever there is a Sonos speaker. The cheapest home Sonos branded speaker is the Sonos 1SL, which go for $179 a piece. Yeah, you can get their mobile battery-powered Sonos Roam for $169 each. Uh, the plan for me is to replace the HomePod minis as my television speakers and use the minis as studio monitors to help with this podcast production. Besides having multiple drivers versus the Mini's one lone driver, they are larger and should fill the room better with sound, and hopefully improve the mid-range where the voices, uh, tr voice tracks take place. These speakers can also pair with a Sonus Beam soundbar for a true Dolby 5.1 sound, which I look to purchase at a later date. The Beam currently goes for around 400 bucks, but you can find them on sale here and there, while the Symphonic speaker go for $99 a piece. And another benefit to this is I can check out that artificial intelligence-powered DJs that Sonus employs on their music streaming service, which, if you've been listening to this show, you know I've been intrigued about. Finally, I got to check out an M1 chip-based iMac on a recent trip to Costco, of all places. The display size seemed bigger than I thought it would be, but still noticeably smaller than my old 27-inch. The iMac was in silver, which is probably the color I would choose. What apps I can open up and check out seemed snappy. The computer is much thinner than the old models, and the white display borders didn't bother me like they bother some people. I'm definitely considering one. 
Entertainment news. Well, not much to share here, as Hollyweird seems to be preparing to start cranking out movies by fall. Save some other crisis. I checked out the Mark Wahlberg vehicle, Infinite, on the Paramount Plus channel Friday. That's Paramount. The stunts and action scenes were great, but unfortunately the plot wasn't. It was an okay watch, but I would have been very upset if I had to pay full theater prices for it. And speaking of Paramount Plus, I'm currently watching the Star Trek spin-off Picard after a hiatus. I took this hiatus because the opening episode of the series be begins with some hard virtue signaling, uh, and it's, that's a reason I've slowed down on watching Star Trek Discovery, its sister series. On that series, the further along I get into that show, the worse the virtual signaling gets. Another show my lovely wife and I have been been watching of late is The Kaminsky Method on Netflix. The show stars Michael Douglas and, for the first two seasons, old Alan Arkin. A rotating cast of other old forgotten actors makes this show enjoyable. Well, enjoyable to me. It appeals to me because uh, it's about old farts like myself. Podcasting News Well, it seems a law firm is considering filing a class action suit against the podcast host Libsyn on behalf of the company's investors. This story according to podnews.net. Libsyn was founded using Chinese investment funds, and one of the conditions of this investment was the merger of Libsyn with a mainland Chinese company that turned out to be nothing more than an online digital pirate. The original management at Libsyn that made that, this deal didn't think it was worth a look at the company which they were merging with. After the merger and when the original management bailed, the new management decided to travel to China to press the old flesh, only to find an abandoned building with members of their now sister company either in jail or disappeared. While these jailbirds and vanished Chinese still own a 20% and increasing share in Libsyn, though the company has gone to court to claim back that 20-plus percent. Well, all I can say is good luck with those mainland Chinese courts. China, China, the China. chief financial officer for Libsyn during these times resigned, but is suing for over $1 million he claims is owed to him. And this week, his replacement resigned after it came to light that Libsyn cooked the books and underpaid taxes in Europe from 2015 until 2020. That's got to be a big bill coming the company's way. Talk about mismanagement. Though recently updating the user interface on the company's website after years of featuring an archaic theme, which was reminiscent of websites from the 1990s, this host continues bleeding shows, especially their popular and celebrity shows, which keep the lights on at Libsyn. In my opinion, they're losing these shows because of the per-megabyte pricing scheme Libsyn employs. While this method probably made sense back in what hip people refer to as the day, it does in these days with storage prices much, much cheaper. This pricing scheme makes Libsyn more expensive than most of their competitors. These financial problems didn't prevent Libsyn from raising millions in investment capital, though, which has put the company in shopping mode, buying a turnkey podcast creation platform and a podcast monetization company. As a matter of fact, according to AllAccess.com, Libsyn has just purchased a podcast advertisement firm for $30 million while also getting more investment capital. How does that work? I don't know. Libsyn wants to be as easy to use as Anchor.fm, but will charge you for that ease of use. Now, I don't pretend to be any kind of financial guy, but if your service is steadily losing customers 
and your main competitor provides basically the same services that you charge a pretty penny for at no charge, how are you attracting all this investment capital? How are you going to compete? Well, I guess time will tell if Lipson is successful. Variety.com has the story of the podcast Hold Still Vincent, which was billed as a table read for an upcoming movie project. It's based on a murder that took place back in 1982 of a Chinese engineer by two white men. The murder might or might not have been racially motivated, but hey, if it fits the narrative, why not go with it? You know, the narrative is white supremacists are beating up Asians. Never mind those pesky videos and arrest records disproving that. It was canceled because the state of the victim and, quote, central civil rights figure involved in the case weren't consulted. In other words, no money, no honey. Geez, why is Hollyweird trying to dredge up an almost 40-year-old murder case with a podcast and a movie, both heavily fictionalized? Besides cashing in on an agenda, are they trying to provoke a civil war or what? And continuing with abruptly, well, maybe, canceled podcasts, it seems that Alec and How You Say Alaria's new podcast, <laughs> What's One More?, has either been delayed or canceled because of the backlash received in lieu of plain old Hillary's cultural appropriation and non-mia culpa to the rabid left the couple probably thought they were part of last year. I touched on this last week. According to podcastbusinessjournal.com, the Baldwins have stopped promoting the show and even deleted an Instagram account dedicated to the show. The article goes on accusing Hillary of claiming to be a Spanish immigrant in many public appearances, even at the United Nations, where I'm sure she was bad-mouthing the USA somehow. The first episode was supposed to drop on June 8th, but nothing has been released. I checked my podcast app today, and I can confirm there has been no episode of What's One More published. All that's there is a trailer for the podcast in which Ilaria shows no traces of that Spanish accent she's famous for. Even plain old Hillary's other podcast, Mom Brain, has ceased releasing episodes also since her big lie came to light. And I don't feel sorry for her because at the end of the day, she still has more money and lives a better lifestyle than I do. With all that spare money, Hillary, or Ilaria, whatever her name is, Baldwin should seek psychiatric help. Her family would vacation in Spain when she was a kid, and her parents eventually retired to Spain like many Europeans do because of the country's, you know, moderate weather and low cost of living. But not only has she assumed the identity of a Spanish immigrant, but she's giving her, given her children over-the-top Spanish names. And let's just admit it here. Someone who pretends not to speak their native tongue has got some major problems going on. From podnews.net, TYT, self-described as America's largest progressive online news network <clears throat> news, and creator of a show with the same name, which are both named after a group who carried out attempted genocide of Armenians, the Young Turks, look it up, have teamed up with ACAS to cash in on the podcast phenomenon. If these people are so progressive, how can they justify using a name identified with a genocide attempt? And why aren't they being canceled by their fellow rabbit left-wing Stalinist? I'm just asking for a friend here. 
And finally for this section, I'm tired of all those organizations who claim to be some sort of public radio in this country. To me, public radio should be neutral, where all sides of anything should have an equal voice. What we really have going on in this country, so-called public radio, is corporate sponsorship, which pushes an agenda. Public radio gives a voice to underheard voices, as long as that voice has a political view that fits the overall narrative. I feel they should not be allowed to call themselves public anything if they are funded by organizations such as the Soros Outfit, and which the public has no input into what content they put out. Here are just some of the public radio organizations that operate in the United States and receive money from taxpayers. You have American Public Media, APM, National Public Radio, NPR, Public Broadcasting Service, PBS, Public Radio Exchange, that's PRX, and World Channel. World Channel, which I haven't heard of before until I looked them up, is the most odious of them all. This outfit absolutely hates this country and doesn't even try and hide it. The latest story they are pushing is racism in mental health care. It seems to me it's made up of immigrants to this country who want to bring the problems and corruption from their home countries to this one under the banner of culture. Now, I can go on about many recent immigrants who make no effort to assimilate into this society. Other people can do that better uh, than I can at this point, however. Do any affiliated public radio organizations allow for a counterpoint to the content on World Channel? No! Do any of them allow any counterpoint to any of the affiliates' content? No! You know, we're talking about a government and special interest fund funded organization that requires $5,000 microphones for use in studios to live up to that signature public radio sound, which I've described previously as snakes hissing. Public Radio, my foot. Time for my rant. Well, sorry to disappoint you. This really isn't a rant this week. It's more of an explanation. Over the last couple of weeks, my U.S. audience numbers have kind of bottomed out. Matter of fact, another podcast I do, but haven't released a new episode since March on, is actually doing better than this show. I chalked this up at first to summer weather and the COVID crisis receding along with a terrible host. Well, I received some feedback that may point to a different cause. The cause might be a couple of audio clips I use now and then, and I'll play, play them for you. The first one is this one. I'm gay. I usually use this clip to point out certain agendas and the phenomenon of college-educated white males speaking in a manner that would have been considered effeminate back when I was their age. It's as if college is stripping these poor guys of their masculinity and probably their testosterone as well. The second one is this one. Yeah, I use this one when referring to our vice president, Kamala Harris, because she tends to cackle when asked a question that's off script. People think the sound effect is that of a chimpanzee, but if you listen closely, it's actually of a hyena. Get it? She cackles like a hyena. Nothing racial to see here, and if you're so hung up on race, maybe you should take a hard look at yourself. If you're that overly concerned about race, maybe you're hiding your own racism. Just think about it. Anyway, I'm not going to stop using these effects, and I'm definitely not apologizing. I guess you could attempt to cancel me by contacting my host, but thanks to the podcast index, 
I can always find a way to continue. Episode 83 is winding down. Soon, it will be just a distant memory. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you, and I hope you found it worthwhile. You know, you can always contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you are so inclined. Tell me what you liked and disliked. I'd love to hear from you. So be safe, and I'll see you next week. Oh, remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now relax, the pandemic is really over. Now if you happen to see some moron wearing a mask while driving in his vehicle alone, just point and laugh at the poor soul. You know what? We can do it together until we're tired of doing it. And then you can get off my lawn. I'm out. See you next week. Take care. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.